Drum roll, please. Ta-da! It is Thomas. Woo! Hey. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> it's going really good. Every intro of this show is going to get worse and worse. It's going like to go from one. like. Yeah, was that a good one? Uh, it's yeah. going to go from like. Just being like, hello, everyone. Welcome to like. And just be like screaming and yelling for like a solid hour. That's all it's going to become eventually. Uh, you know, like the oh, typical good. YouTuber I mean, with the same intro for 10 years, you gotta I? switch it up. Yeah. I, could. No, I think you gotta keep, keep it fresh. You gotta keep it fresh? Alright, I'll change it every single time. There's, um... Every time. Well, there's, uh, <laughs> do you listen to Sardonicast with, like, Your Movie Sucks, Ralph the Movie Maker, and, uh, I Hate Everything? <laughs> I can't say that I've ever heard of that, no. Okay, um, Adam... <clears throat> He every single episode when they do their podcast, he does he like steals someone else's intro from like another YouTuber. So mm. every intro of their show is just someone else's intro, <laughs> and it's really great. That's actually a really good idea. I might start doing that. You should do that. Which uh, YouTuber would you pick? Who was the best um, intro? <laughs> PewDiePie's old intro was really good. That whole like oh, oh yeah yeah you could do that. <laughs> Kind of like a classy one. He doesn't do that anymore. Jake Paul's like, give me money. That was a good one too. <laughs> <laughs> Leafy's is here getting yeah. banned. You gotta find your yeah. own. <laughs> what is? Oh, I was just saying, Le- Leafy is here and his uh, getting banned off YouTube. That's a good intro. That's a good one. Oh, right. Yeah. What <laughs> oh, just happened today? Uh, I oh. do have a topic because we were talking about this just before we started. I oh. actually do have a topic because I got like super cool news. So Tenet coming out in cinemas. Mm-hmm. Very yep. exciting. I'm so excited. And I just got... Are you? Okay, good. I'm glad yeah, I'm not the yeah. only person. <clears throat> yep. And I got... No, I'm so excited yeah. for this. Yeah. I got my first ever tickets in the best seats in the cinema to an IMAX movie, and I'm so excited. Oh, are you in Calgary? Uh, I'm in Cochrane, but, you know, very close to Calgary. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I, do you know what? I have never seen an IMAX film. Oh, okay. No. I live in a small small town, so yeah, we've never yeah never got the pleasure to see a IMAX. I was gonna say I haven't. I like before I got really into movies. Um, I could have gone some like Interstellar or something in IMAX, but I never knew like what it was, right? So mm. I just never did. And now going back and rewatching those movies, I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have seen everything in IMAX. <laughs> I know. I wish everybody shot in 70 millimeter, but it's like, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Christopher Nolan's a He's he's huge on that, right? He loves the IMAX. He shoots everything in 70. Yeah. Well, what is it? So, The Dark Knight, his first IMAX mm-hmm. movie used, like, 10% IMAX shots. Oh, okay. I didn't know and that. Then, it was something like that. It was, like, the big set pieces, like, the opening heist IMAX, the car chase with the truck flipping over IMAX, him taking out Lao in Shanghai IMAX, uh, a couple other bits, okay. I can't remember. And then Dark Knight Rises, yeah. he used a heck of a lot more IMAX. Uh, I can't remember what the percentage on that is. And then Dunkirk was like 75% IMAX. And then this I movie was like... That. Yeah. Yeah, I know that film is huge. Yeah, because I know they strapped some IMAX onto uh, their, their planes. Oh, yeah, when they filming the dog fights. Yeah, when they're doing the yeah, dog they fights. Yeah, on Spitfires. And, yeah. I know the I know the IMAX film IMAX cameras are not small either. No, they're not. So in this one, this new one, 
Oh, Interstellar had some IMAX stuff too, but a lot of that was like digital CG stuff, so I don't know how much. A little bit though, right. I'm sure. And then this new one, from the trailers, it looks like most of the movie is IMAX. Yeah, it looks, yeah, it looks huge. It looks, uh, and they have that, um, I don't know how to say his name, but he's the DP for the film. Oh. And he's, he, uh, Hoyt, I don't know how to, uh, do you know Hoyt, how to, Hoyt, Hoyter, Hoyterman? Yeah, do you know how to, yeah, that sounds, yeah, it's probably better than I could do it, but he's a big dude, and I know he can carry an IMAX camera on his, uh, shoulder. He did it for Interstellar. Oh, did he? I was going to say, I think, yeah. yeah, when I was watching the Inception re-release, because it was out here in Calgary and I was watching that, oh. they had like a little promo thing for Tenet, and it does, sh- it, it, there is a shot of him with someone like holding the IMAX camera behind him while he's holding it and doing like a shouldered shot, and I'm like, oh, that looks heavy, because it's just a huge box of just film. I, <laughs> I know, I don't know how he, he does it, you know, he does like, you know, like you should use a steady cam shot, but you can't put an IMAX camera on a steady cam. So it's like he just carries it. His back. But, oh. Oh god. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he better win an Oscar. I was gonna say he should. He should win an Oscar. I mean, he probably will win an Oscar. Like, what else is coming out that's actually good? I have a funny feeling Bill and Ted is not gonna get any Oscars. You so ne- you never know. Keanu's yes. gonna get best actor. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All the films, all the great films he's done, he's gonna, he's gonna win on that one. I would love that actually. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna set a petition up. I'm gonna put in the link. Make Keanu Reeves, <laughs> like best, best actor. Oh god, <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's he's so like uh, understated too. Like he just kind of came out of nowhere again. He was so super huge in the '90s and the early 2000s, and then he kind of disappeared. Yeah, he did. And then yeah, then John Wick. He just right back to pure stardom yeah and now what cyberpunk as well he's in cyberpunk yeah he's in cyberpunk <laughs> he's just oh, everywhere man. he's he just looks like he just seems like such he a good really, dude he right? does he just he does seem like such a lovely person especially like yeah. a, a video of him just like on the train and he just stands up to let someone else sit down and then he's just standing on the train just like chilling out and like yeah he's a nor- way he's too a, wholesome he's a normal guy normal nice guy with a pretty with a like pretty you know extraordinary life yeah pretty crazy life do you know who else fits mm-hmm. that um description um robert pattinson who's in the new tenet movie yeah he after twilight like dropped off massively and now he's just in everything i know he's in yeah he he I think he probably like went underground for a little bit of after twilight because i know he got some flack for that right because mm-hmm. like, oh he's just a teen movie actor and whatever but yeah, he's in what is he's in Tenet, uh, the yep. new Batman movie. Yeah, and he's in a new movie with Tom Holland. Oh, uh, what is it called? Like I, the God Devil Sins or the Devil Sin? He plays like a time. preacher. Yeah, he plays like a southern preacher. Well, I think he, his yeah. journey is so interesting because he yes, yeah, so he did Twilight, dropped off, yeah. and then the the first time I saw him after that was in um. Uh, a movie called High Life, which is like a oh. little smaller indie film. Okay. Have you seen it? No, uh, no, I don't. I haven't really followed him for very As long. As you say, I only, I only just recently with all of like the stuff he started doing, and he was in that. Yeah. And then he was in obviously like The Lighthouse last year, which really like kicked him up a notch. And now he's yeah, in oh, Tenet and everything. Yeah. And he's just excuse me all over the place it's ridiculous he's uh how... yeah he's a very famous dude now i mean he was before but like 
he's like a very he's i guess you could consider consider him like a serious actor now <laughs> well yeah because i think he went off and did like he's... a ton of underground indie movies and then just like built up and built up and built up and is now like here i am super subtle really great actor doing yeah. incredible roles yeah he's uh i think yeah he's gonna surprise a lot of people i think uh, yeah I, I think you're totally right yeah he might be the next like you know oscars now like everybody like it's kind of like the new Leo, right? Like, everybody thinks he's going to win an Oscar, and then he might not for a really long time. Oh, you might be right, actually, with that one. But I, I see him fitting in with that crowd of, um, who was I thinking of? Um, oh, I literally just lost the name. But he fits in with this, like, certain crowd. Oh, here we go. I got him. Certain crowd of people mm-hmm. who end up in everything, like Dom Hall Gleason, uh, General Hux from Star Wars, is also, like, Bill, we- or Bill Weasley? One of, like, the Weasley twins. Oh. And then he's in, like, Ex Machina, yeah. and he's in, like, Peter Rabbit, and he's, he just ends up in, like, all these films, but you just forget that he exists. Yeah, but then he's you like one of those. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, Domo Gleeson is, he's great. Yeah, he's really, especially Ex Machina, he's really good in that. That movie was, yeah, that was an incredible movie. Did you see uh, uh, Annihilation? I have not seen Annihilation. Is, is that the same part? Is that as Alex Garland, right? Yeah, it's a, he wrote it and directed it, I'm pretty sure. And he, yeah, he adapted it from a book, I'm pretty sure. I think it was a book. But yeah, it was wild. It was, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. It's like very different take on like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure. It was... Oh, it was on Netflix and everything, wasn't it? It was on Netflix, yeah, that's where okay. I well, I'll have to find a DVD it, copy of it. But I don't think it's on there anymore. Alex Garland's a cool guy. Have you, um, speaking of Alex Garland, have you seen his new TV show? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. I didn't know he was doing yeah, a TV show. Yeah, he was doing a TV show called... What is it called? Oh my goodness. Good job, me. I should search these things up before I bring them up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Alex yeah. Garland. It's like, have a little bit of prep on my side, too. Look Actually, um... Devs, that's what it's called. His new mini series. Oh, it's on Hulu, so like if you don't have Hulu, then Ooh. you don't gotta see it. But... Yeah, no, I don't. It's like a new it, it sort of feels like um like a spiritual successor to Ex Machina to me, just with like the style and everything. And apparently he says it's his uh love letter to Stanley Kubrick. So I'm excited to finish off the whole series. I only just started watching it. Okay. But that one looks like it would be a good one to watch if you're into Alex Garland kind of stuff yeah i like his i like his style like he's um i don't know anything about him really i don't know if he's a young guy or an old guy or just like up and coming but uh, he looks yeah. a little middle-aged <laughs> middle-aged yeah <laughs> what would that be 40-ish yeah well, I, I don't know I, just, I didn't see what his age was I, I i'm gonna guess late 30s early 40s that's when most people are actually like big directors anyway yeah that's like yeah if you're super talented, I guess like, that's pretty young. But like, uh, who is else is really uh, Damien Chazelle, guy who directed La La Land. Mm-hmm. He's really young. Damien Chazelle is one of those weird ones where I never. He like came out at like well, he's thirty five now. He's not that young anymore. But um, <laughs> I guess he wasn't young then. He just looks very young. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know how old he is, but I know he did Whiplash, which was awesome. Then... Yeah, when did Whiplash come out? 2014. So he was 30. Oh no, he would have been 20 something, about 28 or so. Yeah, like that's. Can you imagine going to the Oscars? Uh, 29. 29, okay. 
Yeah, going yeah, to the Oscar. That's... Well, because JK won for best supporting, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's the one he won. It's a uh, screaming roll. So 20, and then to go to 31 and do La La Land, and then win best director. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I guess it's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's a, that seems like a challenge. I'm going to go, I'm going to try and win an Oscar at age 30. <laughs> best director. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he, I think he was the youngest guy. I think he was the youngest director to ever Is win he? that. I think so. I don't know if there's anybody who was younger than that. Oh, here we go. Youngest director to win an Oscar. It is Damien Chazelle. Ah, uh, see, there you go, yeah. Youngest best director winner. And he's 30, he was 32. <laughs> he was 32. All right. I got, I got 10 I years. Say, you got like a solid, yeah, <laughs> solid 10 years. <laughs> to figure it out. Well, you probably got a little more than that, don't you? I'm 22. Oh, okay. Well, then, no, you don't. You do have a solid, solid 10 years. And two of those years are in school, so... <laughs> So eight years. So you you got to get going. You got to get started. Yeah. I know. I should have started earlier. It took me a while to figure <laughs> out what the what the what is doing. Oldest so. winner of all time for an Oscar was Christopher Plummer, eighty two. Oh then yeah. Clint Eastwood, seventy four for best director. Yeah. Oh no, this he's... this guy John Singleton apparently won. He won best director at twenty four. Oh. Academy? For uh, boys, for boys in the hood, he won uh, Oscar. Yeah, apparently. Oh, oh. oh no! Oh, oh, wait, no nominee. Sorry, nominee. Oh. Whoops. Oh, youngest. Wrong category. Youngest nominated. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine me nominating at that age? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like that's, Boys in the Hood must have been one of his first movies. Anyway, that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> one of your first movies, and you're being nominated for an Oscar. That sounds. So 32 like okay this, it makes me think because because i always think because i love watching the oscars and i always think about like the ages of directors and things yeah if you were to try and like guess what age do you think you would be able to get like your first major picture out if you get so lucky as to work with that kind of like budget and things like first feature film that i've like directed yeah like big feature film could be nominated for an oscar like what do you think <laughs> is the average age uh the average age. Oh man, I don't know. Like I'd assume it would be in your your forties, probably or late thirties. I would think so too. Yeah, like I feel like you need you need decades of experience before you take you know undertake a huge film like that. That's up for an yeah. Oscar. Yeah, but cause... you know, there's there's exceptions for people for you know. Like thirty-two-year-old Damien Chazelle, you know, <laughs> he probably. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if he went to film school and everything. I mean, we can find out. Here we go, Damien Chazelle. <laughs> what did he do? Welcome to our Damien Chazelle episode. <laughs> Speaking of Damien Chazelle, did you see his uh, shot on iPhone little uh, short film thing where it's all vertical? Just while we're looking at this. Uh, no, I actually I saw an ad for it though, and I was like, oh, that's it's pretty. It's pretty interesting that they're uh, Apple's trying to push to uh, change the sort of format that we watch films in like like quibi that really trashy uh streaming service oh, that no one looks heard at. Of that. yeah yeah i mean i'm just wondering how much apple paid him to do that i would hope a lot he is like one of the biggest directors like new directors going oh yeah he'd be expensive <laughs> uh where did he go for school he Maybe. went to harvard 
What? He studied filmmaking in the Visual and Environmental Studies Department at Harvard University. Well, all right then. What? <laughs> That's a weird mix. I didn't. I didn't even know they had a you know an art program there. Well, it's such an uh, odd mix. Visual and Environmental Studies. What does that mean? That I couldn't tell you. You're gonna have to look at the the course outline. <laughs> We're going to the rabbit hole now. This is how you get into Harvard, boys. Yeah. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast where we teach you how to win an Oscar at 32 years old. Actually, that's a great idea. Let's think of what kind of movie we could make to win an Oscar at 32. we got to like hit the criteria of an Oscar movie, right? Okay, yeah, you got to get the Oscar bait movie. Go okay, on. so what's the most Oscar bait movie we can make? Let's go. Let's brainstorm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are we actually doing this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's start with like a who, what, where, when, why. All right. Real nice and simple. Who, what, where, when, why. I'm gonna put it down in a um, document hole. Let me make a Google Docs document. <laughs> <laughs> how to win right. an Oscar? Yeah, this is our How to Win an Oscar episode. Who, what? Yeah. Where, when, and why? All right, here we go. Who? Who is it? Like, who is what? Like, who is the character? Who? Yeah, who's our main character that we're following through this story? Oh God. Okay. Um. We gotta figure out what time of timeline it is. Is it like present day? Is it fiction? Is it? Well, people. What are people? Wait, I'm, I'm thinking of something. Well, I'm thinking like if you think of something like Moonlight or um, Roma, something like Ooh. one of these ones. People like or even Parasite. People really like sort of moderny commenting on society. Uh, Joker, right? Commenting on society kind of films, right? Y- yes. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Reflection of who we are. Yeah, so we need we need that on there. So let's say it's like 2020. So it's a coronavirus movie. Here we go. Oh yes, <laughs> a pandemic movie. Yeah, pandemic movie. 2020 pandemic. All right. So then, who are we following? Um, I feel like it would be if we we're gonna win an Oscar now, it would be like a movie about social isolation and the effects of social isolation and what that does to the person. Okay, so we need like a yeah. loner. So it's an, so it's an in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in cell 2020 pandemic. <laughs> oh god, I feel like we're just writing Joker. <laughs> we're gonna do it again, boys, but better. <laughs> yeah, he has Joker to wear a mask too. this time, but it's got like the Heath Ledger smile on it. Oh god. Yeah, that's how we win an Oscar. We just steal people's ideas. Okay, so it's just a loser who sits in his home. <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking, though, what if it's, like, someone who sits in their home and does nothing, but they always did that, and now with the pandemic, it makes them feel makes them feel different about just sitting at home? Like, it sort of changes their mindset a little bit? Oh, yeah, like, it affects, yeah, because it's going on for months, right? So I feel like that would, yeah. Like, they got so complacent about it that when everything changed and everyone else was locked in their house everything slowed and they had nothing to like look at out on the news or watch <laughs> movies so then they finally start looking around themselves and being like what am i doing with my life all right i like this there you go okay he's in he's in a he's in a pinch an, an identity crisis oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> who is he after the quarantine yeah well who is he during during quarantine oh yes yeah yeah before during and after and you have to have flashbacks too of course yeah like of him, like, not going outside. <laughs> him peeking through the blinds of oh, people God. playing soccer. Yeah, this is the most exciting movie ever. 
Maybe he could be like we could steal from like um rear window and he's kind of like a stalker who like stalks this specific person and because of the pandemic oh. he can't do it from his window anymore. <laughs> How does he does he just do it online? <laughs> well, he's like a person watcher maybe. Like he watches people like live and he likes to like document it and like live through other people. I don't know. What's what's his redeeming quality? People have to like him or understand um, him, I guess. <laughs> What's his redeeming quality? That's a good question. Uh, let's see. Yeah. This is a challenge. <laughs> I'd say I don't it's, know how you can make someone like this good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. When you look at the Joker, like, how did they make him? Like, how did they? How did they make him like empathetic? Like, how did you empathize with the Joker? Like, well, they kind of. Phoenix. I feel Joker. like they cheated because one, they made him mentally ill, which is like you know, good choice, because it immediately makes people who are sane and normal feel a connection, because you're like, wow, that's, you know, that's horrible, that's like, you know, about you can cause such horribleness in your life and, you know, make your life harder to live. But also, they kind of just, like, kept making people, like, beat him up and be mean to him for no apparent reason, and you're like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Kind of a bit falsified. It's not really, like, realistic. Like, who's gonna go around beating up a clown? (laughs) What? Okay, sure, yeah. I don't know, the people of Gotham. It won him an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and then he talked about veganism, I think it was. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's the typical Oscar speech, right? It's always political. They always have an agenda yeah. when they get up there. Yeah. Very Joaquin Phoenix of him. <laughs> yeah, he's such a... He's an interesting dude, that's for sure. He's such a weird person. Like, his... um, Have you ever, like, watched compilations <laughs> of his uh, late-night show... Um, appearances when he's playing a character when he comes on? Uh, I've seen him just n- like himself in an interview and he's, yeah, he's, uh, I don't think he enjoys it. <laughs> well, I, I wonder if it's like he just likes to mess with them because he, he never seems to like do the interview. He's never just like, Jimmy Kimmel's like, how's your new movie? And he's like, oh, it's good. It's great. Like we had a great time filming. He's always like, yeah. All right, can we talk about something else now? <laughs> he gets really like I know he gets bored. He really right? like messes with them. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just really bored, and then he starts chain smoking in the. Um, oh god! Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he enjoys the interview. I don't think he enjoys press. No, I don't think anyone enjoys. I mean, maybe some. People. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe some people are just really good at it. I would I think, think if I had to do press, I think I would be good at it. I yeah, it depends how like a-list celebrity you are i mean if you're walking phoenix i feel like it would get pretty tiring because you're you know walking phoenix but true and he gets asked like stupid questions but i feel like as a director if you just like are really passionate about your movie you could just talk endlessly to anyone about it like just like keep gushing and annoy people of how much you talk about it that's true when you watch interviews with the actual like filmmakers and not the actors like the filmmakers seem much more like stoked to be there yeah or if it's Tom Holland, he likes to uh, spoil the entire plot of the movie. Oh, God. <laughs> he is uh, he is an incredible actor, actually. Yeah, he's he's not just the Spider-Man anymore. No, yeah, he's, he's branched out to these new weird um, projects. And... I mean, the first thing I saw him in was actually The Impossible. With, uh, oh, Naomi what's that? Watts. I have not heard of that. He, it was... A movie about the tsunami in Thailand, it, like on Boxing Day in like 2006, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a movie about that, and it was like an American family, no, British family, and they were staying in Thailand, and it was about them, like the aftermath of the tsunami, and he played one of the sons. He was like 30. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was incredible in that. That's when I first saw him, and I was like, oh, that kid's good. And then I, and then when Spider came out, I was like, holy shit, it's that kid. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you should watch it. I don't know where it is. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore, but you know. Uh, I'll find it. Find it somewhere. I always seem to find these things, like especially on eBay. I get really good luck with eBay, and I find some really good deals on some really good movies. eBay? Okay. Never yeah, yeah I, I like to buy everything, like all my movies that I really want to watch on um physical media, not on Blu-ray because they just they don't fit on my shelf nicely. Like <laughs> DVD boxes are much nicer, like especially the old ones. Oh really? Ones. Yeah, on oh, are cheaper too. Oh yeah, they're way way cheaper now. I can get like tons for super cheap. Yeah, Blu-rays are expensive. Yeah, but I do want to get a uh, 4K Blu-ray just to watch 2001. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I wonder how much those are. Uh, 4K Blu-ray, it's about $200. Okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. But you could get, um, you could probably just, well, you can get one of the new, um, games consoles, like PS5, Xbox One X. Oh, yeah. uh, Xbox Series X, and they, they have Blu-ray, um, 4K Blu-rays built in. Yeah, that would be probably the easiest. That would be the best way to Plus, you can game on it. Yeah, you can play Death Stranding in 8K. (laughs) On your 4K TV. <laughs> yeah, if you have an AK. If you spell $12,000 on one. Yeah, yeah. if you stole one directly from the Samsung plant because they're not even available yet. See, so yeah, 8K is just pointless. It's like, why would you even buy that? It's kind of ridiculous. Did you see the um the Blackmagic camera that can do 12K that they released recently? Blackmagic? No, 12K. That's yeah, it's got a 12K resolution, but it's like, I don't think... Can we even see 12K? Like, does it have, like, does it have a 12K sensor? Yeah, it's got a 12K sensor. Like, it's a digital camera. Uh, Yeah, it is, yeah. Okay. No, that's... uh, <laughs> That sounds ridiculous. I don't even know if it matters that beyond 4K. Like, I don't think... Well, it's like... Yeah. It's... I just feel like the 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 amount of resolution you get, because on IMAX, like a seventy mil, I think Christopher Nolan said it was anywhere between eighteen and twenty k or something like that of digital oh. resolution. Yeah, like it would be huge because it's such a huge piece of film. But yeah, but I like, don't think it would. That's like the max. What's the point in going bigger than that? I don't. There isn't really a point unless you're. I don't know. Maybe in 20 years we'll be like, it's awesome, but not right now. Maybe. Yeah, when all of our TVs are 24K. <laughs> yeah, because I remember when 4K, 4K monitors like something you just throw on the floor and you just stamp on it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ew, 4K. Like, what is this? Yeah, You're right, so... though. Like, 4K used to be like this big deal. Like, what, like five years ago, maybe? Well, when it came out, it was insane. Like, it was like it was kind of like where 8K is right now. Like, 8K is really expensive, and nobody uses it. Mm-hmm. You can't watch anything in 8K, because nothing can do 8K. But that was, like, that was like 4K, like, eight years ago. And now, you know, we do 4K with everything. 4K gaming, 4K movies. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure, 4K like, TV. Netflix can do, yeah, like, Netflix can do 4K and YouTube and stuff. 
Yep. Uh, yeah, they can all do 4K streaming. Yeah, which is like, you know, back, you know, 10 years ago, it'd be like, that's ridiculous. Like, it requires way too much bandwidth to do. So, but now. I was going to say this. It is kind of, yeah. And what was it like 10 years ago? Like, 1080p was the hot thing. Because, like, it was like, people were still people were still watching stuff from like 480. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like 1080, full, yeah, full HD, that's what they call it. Yeah, full HD. Stupid naming. It's like, okay. Yeah, but 4K that's HD is... and that's full HD. So <laughs> different. I think HD was like 720. And then full yeah, HD yeah. is, yeah. But... Yeah, SD, 480, HD, 720, full HD, 1080, and then Ultra HD, 4K. I, I don't know where you fit 1440p into that. I think it's Quad HD. I think that's what it is. Oh, 1440? Yeah. 1440 would be yeah. like that. It kind of like jump. It kind of skipped that because it's just basically, you know, a few more lines of pixels. Yeah, it's pretty good though. This um this Mac I got is 16 uh 16p, so like just over uh 1440p, and it's like a perfect middle ground of uh sharpness as opposed to 4K, which is really draining. Yeah, I um, think. Like if I don't think you really need 4K unless you're you've got a big screen because you yeah you really need a big screen yeah you wouldn't be able to notice it like if your phone is like 4K like you wouldn't be able to tell the difference well my um so... my old phone was 4K it was a 4K OLED and like oh and you you can see the difference cool. if you like hold it directly in front of your <laughs> eye but anything other than that you can't tell the difference. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you like literally have to like singe your uh, retinas just to actually see the difference. <laughs> yeah, like who's gonna do that, right? It's like... Me, apparently. Um... Yeah. <laughs> you tested it. There you go. Now you know. Yeah, now I'm blind in one eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so back to the thing. I've written down a couple things while we're chatting. Oh, Here we go. So I forgot what we were doing. This is our Oscar-winning. <laughs> I didn't. Don't worry. <laughs> our who our. So it's a so who it's a loser who sits in his house, but the pandemic of coronavirus changes his mood as he begins to look around him and realize the life he's leading. The what? Oh, okay. He's in an identity that crisis. That is a that is obviously. a good logline. Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. He's in an I identity mean... crisis. He's a person watcher, a little bit of a stalker, <laughs> and a social recluse. That's what That's he is. That's pretty good for for. You know, ten minutes of brainstorming. <laughs> Not too bad. Uh, where? Where? We're in uh, New York. Okay. Tiny apartment. Tiny, like one of those big high-rise apartments. He's just a super small one. So he's like basically only oh. ever in one room. Okay. Super isolated. Yeah. Yeah, super isolated, but also like above everything. So he's not even like grounded on the ground. He's like. He only mm. ever sees everything from this like top down view of this like tiny world beneath him, so it's kinda of cool. He's and then when twenty twenty Yeah, always. But he's super yeah. lonely. He's like a man sat upon a giant tall throne looking down over everyone. <laughs> Except he's like an incel loser. <laughs> oh man. Alright, this sounds yeah, I would watch this. When twenty twenty, pandemic, and then why? To win an Oscar. That's uh, that's our why. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's a good that's a good motivator <laughs> that's every filmmaker's goal 
is to win an Oscar. All right, so who's our actor? Who are we getting to play other than Joaquin Phoenix? Okay, Joaquin. <laughs> <Can't have> <laughs> people, people would make the connection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who would you want? Who would you put as your actor for that role? Okay. It could be man, woman. doesn't really matter. Okay, this is a good question. Okay, who is... I wanted, I wanted, I wonder if we could find somebody who is like kind of an underdog, like, you know, people don't really know about, or like, oh, okay. maybe, maybe they have, maybe they haven't played this type of character before. I don't know. Um, George Clooney. No, um, George, <laughs> it's gotta be like a young person. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. right? Like a young yeah, person. Yeah, it's gotta be younger. Um, oh, uh, do you know who's actually a really versatile actor? Um, Daniel Radcliffe. I know that's crazy. He's Harry Potter. Mm. But, like, if you've seen him in, a, like, dramatic roles, he is really good. Yeah, I've seen him in Empyrean, where he plays a FBI, FBI agent who has to pretend to be a white nationalist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to watch that movie. But I've seen... So he, yeah. he can definitely pull that kind of thing off. So he could do it. That's a pretty good I feel one. Like, I feel like he would be good. Um, oh, someone that comes to mind for me... Uh, uh, Rami Malek, right? Who's uh, like Freddie Mercury oh. and stuff. There's a movie that he yep. did called Mal's Bust, uh, Buster's Mal Heart. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's kind of a little little indie, but he kind of plays a recluse character in that. So he could he could transfer those skills over. So he could probably do it. He's a write this he, down, Daniel Radcliffe. And Rami <laughs> yeah. Malek. Yeah. Okay. There we go. He's. Have you ever seen him in? Uh, he did a he did a smaller part in an HBO series. Uh, called the Pacific. It was World War Two. Yeah, I have the uh, entire box set. Okay, yeah, I do too. Yeah, he was incredible in that. He played such a weirdo. Yeah. Like, not a weirdo, but he played like this guy that was like so affected by it, right? He was like completely desensitized to like war and like I feel yeah, like really yeah. hit with that like PTSD sort of. Yeah, totally. Losing sense of reality kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, that's so a great show. So is the uh, Band of Brothers. Good show too. Yeah, Band of Brothers is great. I feel yeah, I like Band of Brothers more. I think I think it's a better series. I think but... it's more put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like I it felt... feels more. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Actors. Uh, so we got yeah, actors. Rami Malek. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Those are our two choices. Okay, director. Oh. So it can't be us. But who would we no. get to direct it? Oh, writing it? I'm going to put down for the writer. I'm going to put uh, Charlie Kaufman, just real quick. Charlie's the only person who could do it. Who, who, uh, I, I'm not a big, big on, uh, screenwriting. Oh, okay, because, uh, uh, he wrote, um, uh, Being John Malkovich, uh, oh. adaptation, him. We, we could put him. <laughs> he can do it. Okay. Okay, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. I would trust him. Um, director. Director. It would have to be somebody that's like, it couldn't be like a Christopher Nolan because Christopher Nolan would. He's too, his scope is too big. He's too grand, too epic. Yeah, he's too big. He can't yeah. do it. Um, it's gotta... I was trying. To, I was thinking maybe like Robert Eggers, but he likes his mythology, and like, period pieces. So no, he can't do it either. Okay. Um... I'm gonna put down for one. I'm gonna put Ariasta, who did Midsummer and Hereditary. Oh, if maybe we wanted to go for like okay. a horror vibe, he could probably do that. Oh, maybe even someone like um. Oh, I have the perfect idea. You, you can add one too, but I'm gonna put down Yorgos Lanthimos. Yes, he did um. He did uh. Oh my god, 
uh is it killing of the sacred deer or uh i know he did like the lobster and he does weird sort of oh he did the lobster yeah and he did um the favorite the one about um queen anne which is really good so he can do those kinds of odd weird movies i'm gonna put him down but let's get one more just we have three okay yeah i watched the lobster my friend recommended that movie to me and i was very that was like one of the weirdest movies it's i've good. ever seen it's really it's, good i it's enjoy awesome, it so much but, yeah but it's like it's almost uncomfortable to watch it kind of is you're kind of right uh um, so like you'll go slant the most we need one more one more director yeah just to like oh, equal it out because we've got like a horror sort of weird comedy and then maybe one more okay let me see if you think of one you can add one but i'm not very good on the spot here no, that's fine. Who else do we need? We need um, cinematographers as well. So let's write that one. Oh, okay. We need a DP. And then music. I'm just adding extra categories now. Okay. <laughs> I okay. hope you guys aren't getting bored listening to this. I hope this is uh, <laughs> as interesting for you as it is for, for us. It's pretty good. <laughs> no, yeah, this is good. This is this will be our student film. Oh, did you see the meme? It's like the choosing which button to press and it's like uh 2020 film students picking between doing a pandemic movie or a pandemic documentary <laughs> which one do i pick <laughs> did you send that into the group chat because i think i saw that in the group chat no i didn't someone did <laughs> yeah, I saw, oh yeah i saw that that was good that's a good good meme yeah i don't know which one i'd pick um what between those two choices i feel like a pandemic movie is pretty it's pretty saturated genre i feel like you'd have to do some big twist on it yeah you couldn't do like a traditional like um people versus pandemic like contagion or something i feel like it would have to be a little more nuanced and sort of about the characters yeah yeah you can just do like oh no virus we have to figure out how to stop it and then they stop it like it couldn't just be that no that's too boring yeah 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 it's been do that all right uh director one more director one more director oh director i mean oh, we've got two we can we can leave it okay. if you can think of one we'll add it okay cinematographer okay okay um you got one i'm thinking i'm thinking okay i'm trying to think as well See, I'm thinking like Roger T. Te- Roger Deacon's too big. Yeah, bit. that's I. He he came to mind, but I was like, he's a little yeah yeah too grand. It's kind of like Christopher Nolan. It's like we need some more. Yeah, same with like Hoyta Hoyt Hoytman guy does Chris Nolan's movies at the moment. Too big. Oh um, yeah, yeah. He always gets people with weird names. What was his other DP? No, I think the other guy was a pretty normal name actually. Was it? I feel like it was spelled weird, though. Let me see. I'll pull that up while we're thinking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Nolan, yeah. DP. Uh, Wally, Wally, track, Fish, yeah. Wally Fister. Oh, okay. Fister. Yeah, Wally yeah. Fister. Yeah, isn't yeah. it spelt? Isn't his last name spelled? Kind of weird. <laughs> what PF, a weird yes, way. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> it's not P-H or F. It's both. It's P-F. Like, he yeah. wants to have his cake and eat it, too. <laughs> P-F. Uh, okay. Uh, director of photography. Um, I'm not great on my DPs. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm more of a writer. Yeah, yeah. Director looking at people, so I'm not great on my DPs. You know what? Like, I probably like off the top of my head, I can't think of literally anybody. 
but no, um can't think of it. actually the guy that did the lighthouse ooh him oh yeah cuz that's a lot of like close spaces lots of um close ups right so who yeah. is the lighthouse dping uh, he's got a very difficult name to pronounce i remember this so let me i'm going to imdb it so i can grab his name it is it's producers uh Ja Jaren Yaren Blas Blas B L A S C H K E Blas Blasch Blasch something like that. That's a name. We put. I'm gonna throw him down. That's a. That's one. Oh, I have a somebody who could do the score. All right, who we got? I gotta look him up because I don't remember his name. But it's the guy who did a Quiet Place. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was an. Let's look them up. That was an awesome score. It's got Yaron Blaschk, music. Yeah, can't have anything too bombastic. So no, like Hans Zimmer. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, somebody a little more no understated. No one big like that. More understated. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Marco Balench. Uh, me. Balench me. What is he? Where is he from? Oh, he's from New York City. He's got a wild last name, though. So we'll put him down. I put Marco Belek. <laughs> Just put Marco look, uh, Belt. Marco Belt. Yeah, that's it's B E L T, Rami. So Belt. Nice. Belt for me. Belt for me. Marco belt. Belt Rami. It's he pretty cool. Probably says it. Cool Much cooler. And then we need an it. editor. Mm, oh. Uh, who's like a sergeant? Lee Smith. No, I'm just <laughs> That's uh, Chris Lee Nolan. Smith. That's Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Nolan. Lee Smith. <laughs> let's just hire. Let's just hire Chris Nolan's crew. Um, yeah, but they summer. do two bigger movies. That's the issue. I know. Uh, I don't know how good Lee Smith is doing like small, contained, um, little stories there. I think he did. Yeah, he did. Nineteen Seventeen. He edited that one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he does a lot of big movies. Yeah, he's... He's won a lot of Oscars, too. famous. Has he? What did he... Oh, I mean, he's probably won for... He won for Dunkirk. Um, he might have won for, like, Inception or something. He definitely won... I th did he win this year for 1917? No, that went to Ford v. Ferrari, weirdly. He didn't win when it was Bohemian oh. Rhapsody. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, oh, if we yeah. cut more, they won't notice. We'll be fine. More and then we'll win the Oscar. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Yeah, he's a. Let's see. He's a beast of an editor. He's won one. Oh yeah, he won for Dunkirk. And he's been nominated two other times. Yeah, that's pretty good for editors. They usually don't. Yeah. Get that much that's recognition. Good. Dark Knight and Master and Commander. Oh, that's a that was a good movie. Oh, oh, he did that. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, that's that's the one that made me like really enjoy Russell Crowe movies. Was that one? Yeah, that was that was two thousand and oh, you know, yeah, it didn't win anything because that was the same year that uh, the third Lord of the Rings movie came out. Oh, and that oh one, yeah, that won that everything. One. Yeah, <laughs> lame. Yeah. I'll I'll say controversial uh, opinion. I don't really actually think the Lord of the Rings movies are that good. <gasps> I know. I'm sorry. Oh my god. 
Sorry. We, we can end now if you want. Like we've... <laughs> That's it. We'll just end it right now. How long have we been going? I don't know. Long... 48 minutes? We'll just end it right now. That's <laughs> no, okay. I respect your opinion. <laughs> nah, you know, I think it's just... I just don't get the hype. I, I, it's it's probably the same as like when people like I don't like Star Wars. It's like it's this big thing I should like, but I genuinely like I enjoy them. You know, I just don't get the huge hype around them. You know, what? I'm not that into Star Wars. Yeah, that's not that's not like the most unheard of opinion these days. I've met I think uh, Rhiannon on the previous episode. She hasn't even seen the original Star Wars series. Oh wow! It's like okay. There's people who just have never seen it or just don't like it so yeah okay not me i love star wars okay yeah like i'm i i watch i've watched all of them but i think yeah i don't know i just yeah like you said with lord of the rings they just don't get hyped around it yeah that's fair uh we can both agree though that the star trek movies are all terrible uh, <laughs> the the new ones yeah the like jj ones they're all bad oh the J, the, all the lens flare ones <laughs> I mean, they were fun, but they were just like... Stupid. Oh, yeah. They're fun. Yeah, they're fun to watch. All right, so there we go. We got our actor, either Danny Radcliffe, Rami Malek, our director with Ari Aster, Yorgos Lanthimos, writing, Charlotte Kaufman, cinematography, Yaren Blash... Blash... Music, Marco Beltrami. <laughs> <laughs> not pronounce names. Oh, man. We I was... Some... <laughs> we picked terrible names. I was doing it... I was, um... Because one of the other guests we're having on is one of the dudes from, obviously, the group chat. Uh, I think his name is Akil. Oh, A-K-H-I-L. yeah, yeah. H-I-L. But I don't know if that's like Akil or Akhil or, you know, however his name is properly pronounced. So every time I've brought it up at like the end of the episode saying, like, who's coming on next, I just keep messing it up and I feel terrible. I'm going to have to really, really make sure I get it correct once he tells me. I'm going to feel awful. All yeah, the time. I don't. I'm really bad with names. I, did you say a lot of people mispronounce my last name, even though it's three letters? Really? Did you, yeah. Did you say what did you say? I don't think I said your last. Name. Well, I I do the intro. Oh, okay, gotcha. Afterwards, so if you just say it now, I can record it and then make sure I get it right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Nay. No. no it's oh, not, it's it's not, not that. No. Uh, nee. Yeah. Nye. Oh, there nye. we go. Like, okay. Nye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got it. I was going to say, there's three ways to do that. Yeah, it's nay, knee, or nye. That makes sense. It's a hard... Yeah, it's weird, because it looks like nay. Yeah, it looks like nay. Okay. And, well, then, I my second guess would have been, you drop the Y, it's knee. Um, yeah. No, that's cool, actually. Yes. So Thomas Nye, the science guy. There you go. Like that. Yeah. Nickname that on Facebook real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the group chat. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, and then the Rhiannon, uh, last episode, her um, her nickname is Rye. Oh no, not Rye. Re, sorry. Her nickname, mm. people think it's Rye, but it's actually Re because it's just R H I. So now I was like, well, that'd be great. So I can just yell Re just across <laughs> the across the. Room. She says she'll cry. Don't do that <laughs> across the room. Okay. <laughs> we won't do that. We again. won't do that. It's fine. Her episode not- will come out before this one, so it'll be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're not advocating. For Don't that. do that, guy. Yeah, be respectful. I wonder who's. Uh, I wonder who's listening. I wonder if people from the group chat are actually listening because we've got a good yeah, amount of views. Got like, like fifty, then twenty-five on this latest one. I wonder if are you guys listening? Huh? Group chat? Huh? I hope listening? so. Like I, 
what else would they be doing? This is very interesting. <laughs> if you want to play at home, <laughs> you can also try and figure out who to put into this terrible idea of a movie. <laughs> See, that, that's the thing. Now they know how to make an Oscar movie. I was going to say, we'll, just, um, we'll give this to our instructors and we'll go, this is it. This is our movie. <laughs> Look, you haven't even made it. You don't it. need Fine. to go to school. No, we don't. We're clearly good enough to not have to go to film school yeah. just to make this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's our terrible Oscar-winning movie. Tell tell me if anyone actually comments because no one's commenting. And guys, I'm just gonna say it right now. We need to smash that like button, hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell. So we, no, don't do any of this. <laughs> yeah, you can just add listen. A... Just listen. Yeah. You don't know. be a lame Comment, YouTuber though. person. <laughs> I don't I don't like this whole YouTuber mentality of like pushing everything that like you gotta do this and th like all these call to actions and like oh, yeah. marketing. Yeah, share this video on those. Facebook, share with your friends, hit that notification bell. It's yeah. so intrusive. It's just really fake. I, ugh. Yeah, I know. It's no, uh it's definitely well yeah, it's to you know, get likes and comments and become famous. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll keep doing it then. I'll keep shilling. Yeah. This uh this episode's brought to you by Raid Shadow Legend. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like every every other video on YouTube is sponsored by that. I probably could if I just emailed them and said, "Hey, can I get a sponsorship for my yeah. podcast?" <laughs> With the amount of money that they spend on advertising, I probably could. It's crazy. I I can't imagine how big their marketing budget would be because it's like literally every video you watch. Yeah, it's a lot. First it thing is, you yeah. search up how to get I put in how to get a raid and then it just came up with Shadow Legend sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> see? It's a thing. <laughs> you probably could. You should try that and see what happens. Oh, apparently they don't pay small channels to actually promote it. Oh, you'd be the first though. <laughs> <laughs> they only pay apparently they're only paying the big ones. Like uh, like bigger YouTubers. Okay, yeah, now that I think about it, maybe it's only, like, the big ones that I've seen them on, but... Well, I think... Okay, wait, hold on. So there's a CNN article on this. Raid Shadow Legends just got caught in the stupidest lie imaginable. Okay. Uh, the, dev, the devs claimed on Twitter that they do not sponsor YouTubers and that all of their shoutouts have been unpaid. Oh, my God. Oh. We do not sponsor. We cooperate only with those YouTubers who play our game and want to be our influencers. We do not pay money for it. Uh, oh, okay. And then, yeah, there's, like, YouTubers stating, like, thank you for the sponsorship to make this video. That means you actually have to play it. Oh, I don't want to play it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. 16 forms of currency in that game. I looked. I looked. There's, like, gold, coins, shards, shrines, relics, like there's all these things you have to collect just to do one thing. It's stupid. Yeah, it's the microtransactions. That's how they, That's get, how they get you. Alright, we'll put that. That's our sponsor for the uh, the movie. Title sponsor, Raid Shadow Legend. <laughs> it is association like, with Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you know, they do like um the sponsors, like, like if there's like prominent Coca-Cola sponsoring in a movie. Yeah. It will just be our guy who, when he's like recluse, all he does is play Raid Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first shot is like a super long take over the shoulder, and it just like goes in and like zooms in on his laptop when he's playing Raid. 
Oh, but no, maybe it's, it's got like um, it's well no you can play it on your computer too, I I only know that from the advert. Okay. Uh, you can. <laughs> <laughs> it just tells you that um, you're working. Yeah right. It's subliminal messaging. Maybe we could do like a Martin Scorsese um, narration <laughs> over top of it with some like catchy music. Mm, wait, are we, ta- are we like, are talking about our movie? Yeah, we're talking about the movie. Like we we go in right. Martin Scorsese he's like, I was sat yeah. there on a <laughs> Sunday afternoon playing Raid Shadow Legends, and then it just kicks into like California yeah. or so, like something by like Red Hot Chili Peppers, like and he's just like, boom, title screen, Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> there we go. Oh my god! So yeah, I wonder much. how much they pay you for that. So yeah, I wonder how oh, many God. advertisements you could get into an Oscar movie before they went. No, we're not accepting this. Mm, well, I mean, they they slip. I mean, you see a lot of movies slip in product placements. Yeah, right. Which is kind of like mid movie advertisements, like without you knowing. I mean, some of them are quite obvious, but so how many product placements can we physically fit into one movie? With it, oh, what movie had a whole bunch of them? Every Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Oh, do you know what I remember watching when it came out? Is the fourth Transformers movie? I remember going to see the theaters, and I remember just being like, "This mm-hmm. is just a giant ad." Oh yeah, because they're like, it's basically a big car ad, and then a big like American military ad, and then a big. There's lots of Bud Light in it for some reason. I don't know why, but I remember seeing a lot of Bud Light. No, that's top 10 product placements in movie history. I want literally the most in one <laughs> single film. I wonder if people actually count that. That might be a thing. You never know. Yeah, it's the internet. People are lame. <laughs> people, yeah, they have a lot of time on their hands, especially now. Apparently, oh yeah, Wayne's World technically has most of them because they do a whole scene uh, where they make fun of it oh oh yeah okay because like, yeah, yeah. he's like i bow down to no sponsor that's why i drink pepsi and they you know oh, okay they, yeah they they slipped it in there with comedy so you're laughing about it but it's working oh so actually it's even more evil than you expect <laughs> yeah it's working actually better than it would be if it's like if they tried to do it subtly damn you think anyone's ever gonna make a movie about live streaming and make it like a trashy horror movie, like a Twitch live streaming horror movie? Probably. It's probably somebody. I was thinking about that. Making that. Right, because like you know those uh, unfriended movies where they were like Zoom, or like uh, the Skype, sorry, Skype horror movies where everyone like died. Oh yeah, no, that that when you said that, it came to my head. I remember watching a trailer for that. I never actually saw it, but I oh no, they're called. terrible. They're so bad. Um. <laughs> But I, I was wondering if someone's going to do, like, a Twitch one where they, like, like a Twitch streamer and then, like, things start happening on the stream and then, then they get murdered or something. Like, would it be cutting? Uh, yeah. Would it just... Because it's in some of those movies, aren't they just, like, filmed entirely in the app? Yeah, Unfriended, the original one, not the second one. Uh, the original one was filmed entirely... Well, it wasn't on the app, right? They fake it, but yeah. yeah. It to look like it's entirely based to on a make desktop. It, yeah, to make it look like it, which was, like, that just seems like it would be agonizing to watch. Um, or was it not that I bad? mean, it was pretty, the movie was itself terrible, but I liked the, the concept because I hadn't seen a desktop movie before. So it was like a novel experience. Oh, right, yeah, like no one's done it before, so. 
Okay. There's some actually really good ones. There was like a short film that I watched once. I can't remember. It might be called like Noah or something. And then there's that one that came out not that long ago called um, Searcher or something. And that's like a desktop one where like the dad is trying to like protect his daughter because she got like kidnapped or something and he has to do it all through his computer. So there's a couple movies that do it a little bit better than Unfriended, but... Okay, yeah, it's definitely, I don't know if you call it a genre, but it's a, a style of filmmaking, I guess. Definitely like a subgenre for sure, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, speaking of subgenres, what is the weirdest subgenre you've ever watched of films? Like, what's the weirdest sort of like, I guess just film? <laughs> like, what's the what, weirdest film you've ever seen? What's the weirdest film? Um... I, I would have to say the lobster is probably up there. Oh yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, that's that's definitely, yeah, that's, that's like one of the times where I was watching a movie. I was like, okay, I'm really uncomfortable right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think it'd be one of them. I don't know. What about you? Um. Well, I was trying to think of like a subgenre of weird movies. I watched. There's a is it a subgenre? Is it genre all of its own? There's a cons. It's not a strobe cinema. Let's see what they classify that as. It's like, it's like movies shot entirely in strobe or something. How do you, you mean? Know, like it's just like super, as in like the movie is just flashing lights the whole oh, time, as mean... in like strobing in and out the whole movie. Oh, you mean yeah, like literally like strobing? Okay. Just flashing oh. on and off the entire movie. I, I tried to watch one of those and I got a headache. I, uh, <laughs> I feel like that would be dangerous to watch for some people. Well, yeah, it would literally kill people. There was that, there was that famous Pokemon uh, episode in Japan where it uh, gave people um, epilep kids epilepsy because there was so much flashing lights, but they had no warning before it. Oh, they probably got sued. I think they did, yeah. <laughs> Because I remember yeah. they issued a warning before uh, they started to when uh, Incredibles 2 came out. Yeah, yeah, the screen slaver section. Yeah, like that, I was like, holy crap, I remember watching that in theaters, and yeah, I could totally understand if it made you, you know, freak out a bit. Yeah, because you just don't, you don't expect it from that film of all films. Like, you watch it, and you're like, oh, this is good, and then it's just... Oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's probably like the weirdest shub shub yes shub sub genre that I've um pronouncing things is hard uh, <laughs> that I've ever seen. It is films. Um, is that weird like strobe cinema thing? Okay. I can't um, say that. You should you yeah. should like I'll find one and I can link it if I find it. Okay. But it's really really weird and it's not nice to watch at all. There's <laughs> no enjoyment <laughs> out of that. It's not good. Is it like feature filming? Yeah, I is it think like it's 90 like a, minutes? I never got through it all, but I'm pretty sure it was like a whole full like hour and a bit. Oh man, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> just die. <laughs> you just sat in your chair, just dying. Yeah, you gotta sign a waiver before you watch the movie. That would be cool, actually, to make a movie that's so like so like intense that you have to sign a waiver before watching it, like a horror movie that's so scary. I think actually someone might have done that as a publicity stunt. Making people sign waivers because it was so scary. It would have to be like an indie film because I don't know if any publisher, like any company, would ever give money to you to do that. <laughs> yeah, think... self-funded. 
Well, there's this like there's uh this 4D Halloween house of horror that makes you sign a waiver before you see it. But I remember there was definitely a movie where they used that as a um marketing gimmick where they said everyone who test screened the movie had to sign a waiver to say that if they died of um fright that we were not held accountable or something like that god that's like genuinely a thing i didn't even know if that yeah the movie actually wasn't scary though i think (laughs) it's just a big publicity stunt oh okay so it probably made it like popular actually no that would probably deter people I think it built up the hype, and then when people watched the movie, they were like, this is boring. If anyone knows what it was, and you want to comment, tell me, because I really want to know, because I remember seeing that somewhere. Okay, that's interesting. I feel like that'd be so cool to bring back. Um, you know what? I never started this episode correctly. I never asked, like, what you're doing, what you're into. We just sort of jumped into it. So let's, like, All right. rewind. Let's, okay. let's go back to the beginning. Let's... This is Thomas. This is we're halfway through the episode. We're not actually. <laughs> <laughs> we're, um, we're gonna introduce each other right now. Okay, here we go. Ready? Uh, All right, here we go. Uh, here we go. Ready? Okay. Okay. It's Thomas Nye, the science guy. Woo! <laughs> there we go. There you go. That was good. <laughs> and I'll just put that at the beginning, <laughs> and then just awkwardly cut. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, it would be like the most janky podcast ever. Oh, it already is. Um, <laughs> my editing for this stuff is so bad. That's okay. It takes me like three hours to edit these things. Like, do you cut? Do you cut out certain things? Yeah. So every single episode, I go through and I um, I trim the audio and I move bits around to make everything flow better. So even if there's like, say we both stop talking like right now. And then I'll just cut all that out. Or, like, you're talking and I talk over you, yada, yada, yada. I just cut all of that out to, like, mix everything around and make it better. Okay, so right there we just made your job a little bit harder. (laughs) One extra cut to do. Uh, An hour and and six minutes and 47 seconds, Fraser, in the future. There you go. That's when you need to do that one. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so... Yeah, I will. I actually do. I I make, like, little... um, yeah. bookmarks like little marks sometimes if there's like a big silence because then i know i can just cut from here to here and just immediately get rid of it so it makes my job a little quicker okay that's good yeah you can get rid of the awkwardness yeah yeah and uh logic pro the uh the software yeah. i use on mac super super clean like i don't even have to use i haven't used a mouse on this macbook in like a month i only use the trackpad it's so good really oh that's impressive actually because yeah trackpads are especially for editing stuff it's kind of like a necessity to use a mouse yeah well on on this when it comes to like mac uh, apple's own proprietary software right um so like final cut logic because they have like the built-in um two finger like zoom and then like two finger moving and doing all the shortcuts on the trackpad it makes everything so quick and like easy to do on the go right so i think as like an on the go sort of editing machine this thing's gonna be awesome i've yet to actually have a good shot at using it but i'm excited oh yeah sweet all right let's let's start this properly thomas nye yes he's a guy and uh <laughs> i am what's what's up why are you going into film like what 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 brings you into film what makes you excited about film why say why now like why now give me the rundown why now is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's me. Why did this all happen now? But, you yeah. know, give me the rundown. Like, let's let's yeah. learn about you. 
okay. Oh, um, I guess, let's see, it took me four years to make a decision because I graduated four years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I just always, like, loved... I just I was I was always obsessed with like the process of how people made movies like from a super young mm-hmm. age I remember watching just like behind the scenes footage like I'd watch movies and then be like oh I wonder how they did that so I'd look it up and then that's kind of how it started I'd just watch movies and then kind of get curious how they did certain things um yeah that was I mean super young age I don't remember a time in my life where I wasn't like kind of obsessed with film and then oh cool yeah, I guess I graduated high school, and then I didn't know if I would invest in film school. Like, I knew about it, but I knew it wasn't, like, the only path to do film. Uh, but then four years passed, and I was like, okay, I got to do something about this. So I applied for film school last October, and then there you go. You got in. I got in. I Yeah, it was actually, <laughs> it was actually really easy to get in. I applied... And one week later, I was like, oh, yeah, you're in. Oh, like, wow. All right. Yeah, it was really fast, easy, like. Did you do the whole process, like the, the like, pre-going-in exploration bit and, like, the essay stuff that they made you do? Uh, yeah, I did. They they did that. They asked a whole bunch of questions. Uh, like, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you did it as well. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they have, I forget how many questions there was, but there was essay parts and. Yeah, I remember they made a decision pretty quickly. I think I was one of the first ones that applied because I think I applied like the day or day after that applications opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was pretty on top of it there. So I'm, probably, I'm pretty sure that's like the first one that they saw. So that's probably why I didn't take too long. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, because who is it? Ryan, who was on the first episode, uh, he got accepted before I did. So it was nice. He could, like, tell me the process a little bit, so I wasn't going in totally blind, which was really helpful. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, but, it, yeah, it was... it was. I don't want to say it's, like, easy, because that makes it sound like, like a bad thing, but it, it was, like... For some reason, I think I was just going in thinking yeah. the worst, right? Thinking it was going to be like, they're going to ask to see my movies and then be like, oh, this is this is terrible. <laughs> Jesus. I was worried they're going to say that, too. And I was like, but it's like, you guys don't want to see like my portfolio or anything? And they're like, no. And I was like, oh, all right. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess because it's not an art school. Yeah. No, yeah, it's a technical school with a, yeah, I guess an art diploma i mean it's got a couple state has a few art diplomas but yeah they got like photojournalism and stuff like that so they got a couple artsy but they're still technical though i guess yeah because like filmmaking is a very technical thing so it's photo photography so yeah exactly still fits the fits of the whole criteria i like that i like that whole um not knowing um just film has always been around you because i'm definitely the same way i can never pinpoint when something has begun i just always end up in the middle of it yeah like if like was it with you did you always know that you wanted to like obviously not go to state but like just go to film school in general i'm assuming eh? um yeah well i uh, i started off photography yeah did a lot of that very pretty successful in like doing that and then i was gonna do that as a full-time job i was gonna uh, buy a camper van and like just travel around the world taking pictures i'm glad i didn't try to do that at this point but um <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe one day <laughs> yeah maybe not the year to do that no that would have been bad so i wanted to do that being like a traveling photography nomad um 
and then I got really into movies. Um, so this is probably like 14, 15, because I'm 19 now. Okay. Um, got really into film. And then from there, it just like compounded each year to the point where now film is all I think about every single day, all day. Oh, yeah. I totally, I totally understand that. <laughs> just like every little it's... moment, film. Like what, what would you say, like you said you're pretty big into writing, but what would you say the biggest like part of film production that you would, you would want to go into? Would it be directing, producing, like business side? Uh, side? Writing, directing. Writing, directing. That's, um, that's the only place I like need to get to. Like, you know, when you have like dreams yeah. and then deep down there's like that thing where you feel like you're not gonna be able to live if you don't get there. I don't know. Not I don't. Not all people get that, but I genuinely have these feelings where, like, at the moment with all like getting ready to get prepared and everything, I'm like, I need to go into this like head first, like learning as much as possible, listening, getting as much information because like I have to get to that level of being like one of the big Hollywood directors making the films I need to make as opposed to the films I want to make. It's weird. Yeah. No. It sounds so pretentious, but it's like, it, I feel it in me. I'm like, I need to make these movies. No, I, yeah, I get that. That's cool. Like, that's cool that you're doing this as well, which is, which definitely helps, you know, you're meeting all your classmates before you even start. Yeah. It was just a fun way to meet you guys. Way, way cooler than doing it on a Zoom talk. Like, cause then there's oh, like no teachers yeah, there. Yeah. We're not actually like getting interrupted trying to do things. We can just chat. And then I'm thinking of doing, uh, did I say? I think I did say, like doing a big episode with all of the first season guests or whatever, like the first people to come on. We do like a big get together and like hang out and yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that'd be super fun. I have more, more people on. More yeah, dynamic. I definitely want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I want to do some awesome. like recurring episodes about things. Yeah, yeah, totally. You want to start like a, I don't even know what this episode would be about. We've kind of been all, um, all, all over the place. We started with Tenet, and then we went to making an Oscar movie, which we did spend a pretty decent chunk of time on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we then talked about, well, we talked about Damien Chazelle. Right. Before that, then went to... <laughs> and then from I mean, there, it's... it's just all over the place now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. No, yeah, it's had, uh, I guess it's had some sort of structure. It, it's, it's, got a, it's got a logical through line if you just listen to the whole thing like everything leads into the other even this part of the conversation has been led into by talking about aspects of film and then talking about making things right so they all lead into the other yeah i mean if a person was skipping a whole bunch of this episode <laughs> right now they would be very confused It'd be great so but, damien chazelle yeah. is really cool well this is what i think about the ongoing protests what no that's not where you know <laughs> Like, are they even talking about the same thing? Like, is this a film podcast? It kind of is, but it also really isn't most of the time. That's what I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. Well, we talk about films sometimes, but I mean, yeah. Eventually. Cool. Eventually. We get back around to films. Yeah. Uh, we are at a hour and 15 minutes. Time really flies. I've said this every episode, oh but it genuinely just flies by I know it. every single... People are getting mad at me saying this. <laughs> it does. An Come on the podcast. It flies 15. by. No, it's awesome. Great time. Aaron, fifteen. I'm gonna. I'll lead you on with one more question because I do have to. Um, I have to cut. I have to cut a little bit short because I got something really important to do. Uh, this week's okay. Been, this week's been crazy, but I'll, I'll get one more question. We'll get a solid conversation out of that. Um. So, did you listen to the end of the episode with Sam? 
Uh, with Sam, I th I think I did. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if you did. You hear the question? Um. So I've been asking everyone when we get into our second year when we have to make our like big final projects. You know those yeah. ones where like one person gets chosen well it's not one you know you, we choose to make a big project i was wondering from everyone that i've been asking if you had to decide right this very second you know i came to you i said you're making the project what would you make like what is your dream project to make as your sate year two final film to show everyone holy crap how long does it have to be <laughs> um i think they're 10 minutes i think that's how long the last one was yeah okay oh man Right now, what would I say? Yeah, what would you what, what's 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 going on in your brain? Like, what are you thinking? Like, what's a story you want to tell? See, I don't know if you could hear that. That was a big motorcycle outside. No, that's all right. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. See, I've always been kind of, I've always been super interested in doing like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Lock. Uh, oh my god <laughs> uh there's um there's a youtuber patrick h willems yeah and he has like a he had like a section on his last video called uh, like getting lock with his like intern and it's like talking about why everyone should watch the movie lock sorry continue okay. i have not seen it <laughs> okay well like i've well, after watching that movie i remember like i never knew anything about it i remember my friends suggested it to me and I remember just being super blown away by how it was about 90 minutes mm -hmm. and how you could keep the audience, which is me, but like maybe somebody else would find it boring, but like you could keep the audience engaged with a movie that is a hundred percent dialogue and it doesn't change locations once it's whole movie is based inside his car and the story. Okay. Yeah. The story like unfolds um throughout the movie with his like the phone calls that he makes within his car and like a super heavy dialogue movie like it, i think that would be super hard to do but if you could do it and pull it off i think it would be super satisfying i'm not the best writer in the world so i feel like that would be difficult but if i was to make a movie i don't that's a good question. You know what? My brain, cool. Yeah, my brain is just, yeah. Like, I would feel like I would want to get somebody else to write the movie, and then I could do the camera work. Oh, okay. Because I'm obsessed with, like, yeah. But, yeah, maybe I could get you to write something, and then I could. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy to write something. And then I could, I could yeah. Yeah, because, like, I read, that, I read that script that you did, and I was like, oh, I, like, when oh, I was yes. reading it, I was, yeah. like, I was trying to imagine, like, how I would shoot that, mm -hmm. like, and yeah, I feel like that would be, that'd be fun taking somebody else's work and then, and then, uh, like interpreting it with, you know, with like your kind of vision and camera work and everything. Well, yeah, of course. I, I, it's really cool to tr like take something else than like put your own vision to it. I, I'm now wondering how would you shoot my uh, little short uh, that I wrote that stuck in the middle with you? How how, how do you think okay. you would do it? Yeah, like, I like when you, I like when you cut outside of the vehicle mm -hmm. when certain things happen, and I feel like I I can't remember what was at the beginning. Where are they where are they parked? Were they just parked beside the highway, like on the edge of the highway? 
Um, so I wrote it to be as um, ambiguous as possible, just from like a ease of filming. So the original vision is to have it set in uh, like a, a northern Canada town. So he's like stuck in the snow at the side of the road. Or if it's like summertime, that's when I have to shoot it. He's like just car broken down on the side of the road. Okay. Yeah. I. Yeah. Like when I was reading that, let's. I'm gonna pull it up. Hold on. All right, we're going to do another live table read. We did one yesterday with Rhiannon. We're going to do another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. So I'm going to play cool, the killer. You're going to play it. <laughs> uh, where was it? I guess you could just pull it up on Discord here. I, yeah, I was going to say, I can just send you the file. I have it literally right here. Yeah, I'm just sending it to uh, movies. I have it. Oh, you cool. got it? Okay. Yeah, I got it. All right, so it's up. Here we go. Cool. So yeah, so which part? Just like walk us through it. How you how are you gonna shoot the thing? Uh, let's see. Interior car, golden hour. Like yep. evening or morning? Uh, because <laughs> I guess it'd be both. Evening. Evening. Okay. I really sh- I really should have put that. Oops. And like what I'm imagining is like because it's you said it's like winter, right? Like northern Amer- northern northern Canadian town. Yeah. Yeah. Dead winter tons of snow everywhere yeah like i'm thinking like like as you know that time in november or whatever when everything's like dead and everything looks like super like ominous it's mm-hmm. kind of a depressing month november sorry if your birthday's in november anybody but... <laughs> may babies for the win take that november <laughs> yeah but i i just like when i read it i was like okay this is kind of it's like pretty dark and pretty tense, so I feel like okay, you gotta shoot it in November, which would suck. But yeah. I love the winter. Uh, that's why most of my stories yeah. take place in snow. Yeah, but I feel like the like the time of year kind of fits the the tone of the the writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think, what was this first scene? Well, let, let me give it like a let's 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 like. I, this is I, I'm actually really into this. Let's do like a scene by scene breakdown. Okay, first scene. Okay. Uh, yeah, that would in... be easier. <laughs> That's okay. Interior car, golden hour. Person sits in the middle seat of the back row of a car, staring out the left passenger's window. They look disheveled, dirty, and dangerous. I'm really into like that kind of um, triplets of words. I don't know why. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they look. Um, their hands are cuffed in front of them. The handcuffed person. S- a uh, stair is broken as suddenly a loud crash rings out. The person tracks something or someone as it makes its way to the driver's side door. The door is flung open with tremendous force and a figure drops into the driver's seat. Person 1. Throwing sunk into the drive- into the passenger seat. <laughs> Fuck. Hand person, handcuffed person. A problem. The officer's eyes dart up to the rear, the, the rear view mirror. Officer, shut the fuck up. The handcuffed person slumps in their seat as the officer picks up his cruiser radio. Hey, I'm definitely stuck. The fucking engine is dead. Uh, let's see that can be intercut with there's like too much snow my tires are stuck or something yeah yeah uh, no one answers the handcuffed person nods to themselves they rise from their slump you know in situations like this i usually try to kill any dead weight the officer's eyes dart up to the rear view mirror again i'm not going to kill you handcuffed person trying to sound logical you could walk into town and get a tow truck without having to worry about transporting me and then we'll go when we get to the next page so like how are we doing this first page let's see like i think like with the officer, anytime you cut to the officer, mm-hmm. I feel like as a, as the scene goes on, I feel like you would kind of cut closer and closer, like go from wide, super wide, 
lens and as the scene goes on because it's getting more intense you'd like cut closer to the officer just like to see his like he he continuously kind of gets more and more anxious okay i like that especially especially because like he's basically the guy in the back is basically like, yeah he's threatening to kill him basically right so he's and he yep. doesn't think he's gonna do it obviously because he's handcuffed but like I think it would be cool if, I don't know, I'm imagining like in the front seat of a cop car, there's always like a bunch of stuff, right? That lights up the scene. Like they have a bunch of um, things in the front. Yeah. Cause like the, well, okay. The time period is like un- non-specific. So he has like an, uh, like a, an old school, um, Ford, uh, crown Vic. So it's not going to have all like the fancy computers and stuff. It's going to have like more like Ooh. analog radios and things. So it just looks a little more like any time period. You know what I mean? Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, the reason I said that, because I was imagining, mm-hmm. like, the backseat being darker. Like, just to give, like, the sense of, like, okay, this guy is, like, obviously he's in the backseat, he's a criminal, but I don't know. Like, the backseat would be darker than the front seat because you would just, like, you know, it's, like, that juxtaposition, right? It's, like, light versus yeah. dark. Well, and, and depending on where the but, car's facing. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I don't know. Um... It's a cool scene. Like I like the dialogue. Like the dialogue is super sweet. How oh, did I thought the dialogue was the worst part? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the dialogue. Like like when you read it, it's different than if you just like read it. Then you you imagining you're imagining like an actor actually saying that, and you'd be like, okay, it works. Oh, okay, well that's good. Yeah. No, I like it. Because I it's I really sweet. suck at my dialogue. Um- <laughs> I feel like dialogue's the hardest Natural part. Natural dialogue because, is hard. Because it's yeah. Because like. It's hard to write how people actually talk. Yeah, well, without... So this is one thing I've noticed. The hardest thing for me is to write without sounding like myself. Mm. Oh, Because oh, yeah. it's really easy to write in your own voice. You're like, well, this is what I sound like. Or, you know, if you're very pretentious, you're like, yes, that's why I went over to the garden and I saw Deirdre. Or if you're like, you know... <laughs> very like street like yeah. yeah we saw that and then we went, went over there and then we like took him down right with the tings and stuff whatever. You know, that sort of thing so like you know you can hear your own voice and talk like it but um yeah doing someone okay. different is hard right yeah no uh, yeah i've never thought of that that's actually a good point i like screenwriting <laughs> such a nerd oh god <laughs> you're over here doing cool camera stuff i'm just like oh look at me typing <laughs> <laughs> no, I always like I have a lot of respect for screenwriters because it's like I mean I don't th- think I'd be like it's hard to sell a believable conversation in my mm-hmm. opinion because it's like I don't know if you look at the way like Tarantino writes or like Aaron Sorkin like Aaron Sorkin like he oh goodness like the way he writes blows me away is because like that's not how people talk but that's no. how like we like to think that we sound like like super smooth and like everything we say is like super awesome and like like no stuttering whatsoever as you say what i i think i love that because i think what's really cool about aaron sorkin is if you um do you know how he writes his scripts uh like his process like physically how he does them oh no i didn't um so he uh he gets a voice recorder and he talks into the voice recorder so all the dialogue the reason it sounds so like quick like mark zuckerberg in that opening where he's like you know people people fail the test and they're not really great but like yeah. asians have the highest percentage of getting into blah, 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 like that really quick that's how aaron sorkin talks 
So it's actually what you're hearing is Aaron Sorkin talking into his voice recorder and then pretending it's a different character. If you watch more Aaron Sorkin script scripts with like yeah. the main movies, you can see it and you can start hearing him. Like with Tarantino, you can hear Tarantino in his characters, specifically Jules in Pulp Fiction, uh, Samuel Jackson. You When you listen to him talk, all I can hear is Quentin Tarantino's like kind of yeah. whiny voice in the background. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, it's just him. Yeah, you have to rewatch him now. Oh man, I had to watch. Yeah, because Aaron Sorkin, he's like, like, like he writes. Nobody, nobody talks. Like I would love to meet somebody who talks like that, but I have never met anybody who's no just like, like so good with their words. <laughs> but he's so quick and he's so well planned ahead. He's almost like he's like four steps ahead of you yeah. while you're still like two conversations back. Yeah, yeah, which. It's super impressive, and then you got, and then you got, you know, like I was, like Christopher Nolan. He's he's an amazing writer, but, and he's like a master at like story structure and like the way he tells his stories. But he, his dialogue is not always the, the <laughs> best. Like he's he's an amazing filmmaker, but like his dialogue sometimes is just like, oh, that doesn't sit well, or like, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like when. Like, compared to somebody like Tarantino or Sorkin. It's kind of, um, it's dry. It's expository, yeah. if you ask me. It just, it gives you the information. Gosh, excuse me. Gives you the information. I got hiccups. Gives you the information. Um, but, like, uh, Inception, there's a, there's a line where Leonardo's talking about the dream. And he says, in the dream, your mind, uh, your mind processes more quickly. Therefore, time uh, is more slow. In the real world, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah, I remember that line. Yeah, yeah, because it, it it it's so awkward. It sticks in your mind because you're like, that doesn't make any sense. You should say, in the dream, your mind is quicker, therefore time is slower. Like, as simple as that. Yeah, a little more, a little more quick, like to the point, kind of thing. And a little less, um, a little less like obvious. Yeah, in, like he clearly is emphasizing it to try and be like, hey guys. The reason that the 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 van dropping off the edge of the the um, like bridge is going really slow is because they're deeper in the dream because their minds are going faster, but it's just yeah, it's so yeah. awkward because it's so expository. Yeah, it's it's like how do you make like because you have to have some sort of exposition in your movies, but like some people choose to do it like visually, like um, a quiet place does that really well, obviously because there's like no talking within like the first forty minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. So they do all their exposition with like radio or like just looking at newspapers or like things in the background. If you watch that movie, like I haven't actually seen it yet. In the basement. Yeah, like they do exposition really well in that movie, and it's like so. There's more than one way to do it, and just a lot of people choose to do it with like you know that type of dialogue where it's like you might as well just look at the camera and tell the audience what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some films do that, and they do it quite um, do it quite um. Uh, successfully, like a movie that comes to mind is um, Nicholas Winding Refn. Keep bringing him up. He's like one of my favorite directors at the moment. Oh, okay. Nicholas Winding Refn's um, Bronson, uh, which is about Charlie oh. Bronson. Have you seen okay, it? Uh, yeah, I know that movie. I've never seen it though. Okay, um, and it's sort of presented as if um, it's like a Charlie Bronson doing a one-man stage show. So when he does his giant exposition dumps, he's just saying it to the audience because it's like you know he's talking 
to the oh. audience about what his life was like. But then, okay. because he can deliver it in a fun, silly way, it's so much better. And it fits. A, yeah, that's a good one. And it fits the story because he's like actually supposed. That's what he's doing, like in the movie. Like he's not. Yeah, it fits. Like, it, it fits seem... because he is presenting a show because his life was always a show to the public of craziness. Right. Okay. So that's yeah, that's the smart way to do it. Yeah. Exposition's yeah. difficult. Yeah, so feelings. There's like no exposition in this story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like. What is uh? What is, there's a couple lines in Interstellar that like, he's not. Chris Nolan's not the best at writing like how people feel. <laughs> he's like I don't remember that when uh, Matthew McConaughey is at his house on the porch and he's talking to his stepdad. And is that who that like, is? I didn't know. I watched the whole movie and I straight oh, up didn't think, know what the connection was. I think that's his step. <laughs> I mean, no, not his stepfather. Oh shit! Is it just his dad? Oh no 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 his uh, his, his wife's his fa- wife's father. Yeah yeah. Why did I say stepfather? That's weird. Okay um. But close enough. Yeah, <laughs> but like there's a couple there's a couple lines in there where it's just like okay, okay no one no one says that like he he says like like he looks he kind of like looks off camera and he says something like very Matthew McConaughey right like kind of it almost looks like he sounds like he's in a Lincoln commercial. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and then you and then you listen to it you're like oh like that's that's uncomfortable dialogue so it's like i, I know what you like mean that. i told you yeah. like there's that scene where they're talking he's like yeah we're we're born to go up into the stars and yeah find our destiny not be stuck down here on earth and <laughs> you're like that's exactly what it, yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 yeah, that's the exact line. Yeah, it's so on the nose, you're like, okay, go to space then. I get it. <laughs> or when Anne Hathaway is uh, trying to explain how, like, love is, like, the only thing that oh, humans, yeah. like, that can transcend space and time yeah, she's like, or whatever. Love is and it's like, beyond time or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Dumb <laughs> so stuff like that, yeah, that's whatever, though. Writing is not he, he, easy. He gets a pass. He gets a pass. No, he doesn't. Don't just give him a. Don't just give him a free pass. He gets a pass because he. <laughs> he's incredible. Like he's an incredible filmmaker. I would say, yeah. He he he's yeah. the he's a modern day Stanley Kubrick. He doesn't care about the humans. In like a weird way, he like doesn't care about them in the same way two thousand one doesn't care about humans. But the whole movie Interstellar and two thousand one is centered around humans. So it's like this weird like your omnipresent look at humanity as opposed to a very personal look. And he tries to do it with Marv and Matthew McConaughey's character Cooper. Is it? Uh, like yeah, Cooper. Yeah. Where they like when he like shows up and she's an old woman again or like now and he's and she's like you know you don't need to see your daughter die i had my life you go live yours and it's like he tries to do like the small scale drama but it just doesn't Intimate. work because it's too big the movie's ginormous it's an entire universe yeah he's yeah i know what you mean yeah he's uh his scope is the way he tells his stories is just like you know out of this world no pun intended <laughs> yes. <laughs> His scope is out, out of this, of this world. world. Yeah. I mean, and they keep getting bigger. Like, if we look at um, here we go. We're, we've done a full circle here, everyone. We're back to Tenet. <laughs> oh, Woo. this is how we'll finish it off. 
it's like it's time inversion. We we've gone we back. St- <laughs> <laughs> we started with Tenet, we're finishing with Tenet. It's actually very fitting, actually. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, if we go back to Tenet and we look at um, have you watched like the trailers and things for Tenet? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, when you're watching the trailers for that. I'm th- I'm and I'm and the little behind the scenes footage I saw when I was uh, watching Inception when it was in cinemas. Um, okay. They are all talking about how like Chris is so good at intertwining this, um, entwining this uh, deep emotional small story in this grand giant picture. But when I watch that trailer, all I see is uh, David Washington and Robert Pattinson going like, "Yes, we will now run around and shoot things as time like gets weirdly manipulated around us," and I just don't see how he's going to make that an intimate story at all like i just like like what do you think yeah his his scope outweighs his like it almost comes out of fault of his like when he tries to do intimate storytelling mm-hmm. like i kind of felt you feel a little bit of something like kind of at the end of inception like with his kids like mm-hmm. he tried the thing with his kids right with the like but in, in the end, like when he, when Cobb, was it Cobb is the main character? Uh, Dom Cobb. D- yeah. Dom Cobb. Yeah. He's like, that was kind of his motivating factor in that whole movie was like to get back to his kids. And I yeah. kind of felt that a little bit, but again, it, like it you said, like well. his, his, yeah, his scope, like his, he's, he's just too, like his movies are just too huge. Like it's too grand of a thing, I guess. I would say, but they've gotten too big. There's um, there's a great video on YouTube called um, Christopher uh, a confessions from a Christopher Nolan fanboy. I think it is. Okay. Um, I think it's something like that, and it's like a guy who really likes Christopher <laughs> Nolan, or it might oh, there's a, it might be another video though. But they're talking about um, have you ever seen Lawrence of Arabia? Uh oh, I have. Like oh man, a long time ago though. I think I watched. It's like a four hour long movie, isn't it? It's yeah, three hours and forty-five minutes. Yeah, three hours forty-seven minutes. Like that. Um, so they talk about Sir David Lean, who uh, is the guy that directed that movie, and they talk about how David Lean and Christopher Nolan are on very similar trends. Obviously, um, David Lean's dead now, but like as in they're on. He's yeah. following the same path as David Lean, where David Lean went, you know, normal movie, normal movie, big movie, big movie. Lawrence of Arabia, this ginormous epic that is just huge, because that was all shot in 70 millimeter, just ginormous. Oh, wow. Grand, okay. ginormous. And then he goes to the next movie, which uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a, it's supposed to be like a, a, a small intimate love story, but he shot the whole thing, this is David Lean, on 70 millimeter and made it this huge Technicolor special. And then everyone went, what are you doing? Like, if you're making an intimate movie about like love and that sort of thing, why are you shooting it with a huge canvas? No one cares. Yeah. Like, yeah, 70, 70 mil has its has its time and place, definitely. Think... But not for like. Sorry, I totally interrupt you. My bad. No, no, I don't even know. I was finishing my thought. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Seventy mil, seventy mil. Yeah, it's just yeah. You don't need it for a. Um, you don't need it for like an intimate like drama or whatever like that's not what it's for and i'm worried that chris nolan is doing the same thing because you look at like memento or his earlier movies very small but high concept right Mm -hmm. inception compared to interstellar relatively small very high concept even like the dark knight small like big story high concept but it was like shot not super big 
it was getting bigger. Dunkirk, very big, but he got around it because there's not really any characters in it. It's just a spectacle movie. Yeah, that's so a one. Around it there. That's the one thing that when I watched that, I was surprised. Like there was almost no character building in that movie, which I think was the point. I think they wanted to be like, okay, these yeah. are just these are just basically kids out here, and like everybody's in the same boat kind of thing. Like everybody's dealing with literally. this. They literally. Oh my god, I'm so bad with these <laughs> unintended puns. <laughs> <laughs> literally in the same boat. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> I didn't even see that hear that one. Um I know what you mean though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and there's there doesn't need to be character development there because it's just about the thing. No, yeah, like like I, I totally yeah, I totally got that. But uh yeah, I'm interested to see what he does with Tenant. So then yeah, so then so... getting back to Tenant, it's gonna be so big, like unbelievably big, and it's the only real movie that is coming out so far in twenty twenty. Like nothing else is a real movie. This is the first real movie of twenty twenty. And it's a Chris Everything Nolan is, movie. Yeah, which is huge, and it's coming out in the summer, which is awesome. It's the first time I'll go to the theaters this year, right? So it's. Oh, really? You haven't gone yet? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, no, what was. I didn't watch anything before, like March, like when it happened and everything. But I had tickets bought for uh, A Quiet Place Part 2, and a week before it was supposed yeah. to come out, they pulled the plug on it. Yeah, pushed everything back. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's kind of interesting. I've been watching lots of movies because uh, here in Calgary and Cochrane we had lots of like retro movies, so it's been super cool. Oh yeah, the yeah the theater in Cranbrook was doing those, but I never actually went. They're like five bucks too, and they played Jurassic Park, and I'm kind of bummed that I didn't go see that. Yeah, I saw Jurassic Park at Landmark Cinemas, which is like one of the big chain ones in Calgary, and it's a very big screen. It's like I wouldn't compare it to like an IMAX screen because they're much bigger from what I know, but it's it was, you know, as big as possible as I could find, and it was incredible, because, like, the T-Rex just rolled. Right. Yeah, see, like, that would really be awesome, because we're too young to yeah. experience, have experienced that movie in the theaters, right? So it's like, yeah, I should have I should have gone and watched it, but... Yeah, that's what I got with Inception, because I was too young to appreciate it. I didn't even know it existed, because it came out, what, 2010? 2010, Exactly yeah. 10 years ago. So I was nine, so like there's no way i would have appreciated that movie at the age of nine um <laughs> yeah yeah you would have been so confused i got yeah i'm still yeah. confused by it i watch it and it's like oh my god i gotta watch it a few times let me give you a rundown again, just... i can just explain the whole movie. <laughs> i got this thing down the next the next 45 minutes of this podcast is us trying to figure out what intern is about easy ready i'll give you like the quickest rundown okay inception okay is a movie about like dreams obviously mm-hmm. and how those dreams and this is like metaphorical yes how those dreams motivate us to get to the things that we desire the most because what does he desire the most his kids oh my what motivates what he goes through the dreams but he's not like asleep like as in like having daydreams he's physically going through the dreams and going through the dreams motivates him to get back to his kids that's the whole movie you just blew my mind. <laughs> that should be that should be the the plot synopsis. That's so simple. But no, because it's a little bit on the nose. Yeah, but it's like yeah, I don't know, but you kind of have it. Yeah, that's what it's about. Wow, that's it's powerful. Movie. And then like, 
this idea of like reality and what is reality and does it matter if reality is different but like that's that's getting too Christopher Nolan Lee Christopher Nolan Lee yeah and then we get Interstellar which takes it even further oh god like, oh. yeah he yeah he's uh I remember going I remember going to the theater to see Interstellar and I was just like absolutely blown away when I walked out and I was like holy crap I've never seen anything like that movie before yeah, the only thing comparable is 2001, but 2001 is so slow and methodical yeah. compared to, like, bombastic and ginormous that you can't really compare them. You can tell he was definitely inspired by 2001. But, oh, yeah. Uh, well, he, he, did was... the, um, he did the 4K and then 70mm restoration when they went ahead and re-showed it, like, in cinemas and stuff. He was the one who championed oh. that whole thing. Okay, I would love to see that. It's cool. I, I got know. to see 2001 in a cinema in Calgary, and it was one of the most incredible experiences oh. of my life. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. I don't think Cranbrook would ever do that. No, I, yeah, no, I had to go to a, like, Cineplex was just doing it as, like, a big thing. Yeah. And it was funny, because, like, I saw a ton of the SAIT film students there when I went. <laughs> oh, was this, like, recent, or? This was uh, a year ago. A year ago, Okay. And yeah, it had that. just been, like, a couple of weeks after I went to the, um, like, be a student for a day, like, program thing that they do. So I started, I could, like, I recognized, like, half the people in this one row. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are all just uh, came after school, hey? Well, that's that's, that's cool. It's, yeah, it's like-minded people, right? I'm stoked to meet everybody. To... As I say, are you, you're, because you're not in Calgary, are you moving here to Calgary? No, I am doing the I'm doing the first semester entirely online at home. Okay, cool. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I was going to say, well, like, what, the whole of September is online, so you're good there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I can't, yeah, I can't really see the second semester being any different, but... You know, no, if anything, it'll be more online because I think everything will get worse. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, yeah. Things can only get worse. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. If there's no vaccine, then... Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we won't get political. We won't talk about that. (laughs) We're not going to get political. All I'm saying is... um... (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, it's political. For some Yeah, weirdly. Like, that's the same thing with, like, the mask thing. You're like, there's no way that this is political. But I guess some people really just care about things that they don't need to. I... I, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I figured it out. (laughs) You got it all figured out, basically. Yeah. A little yeah, bit. That, that always, yeah, that's uh, that always blows me away. Right, the it mask, really does. The, the mask wearing um, thing. It's like the mask wearing. Th- yeah, it's like who cares? Just, just wear just, the yeah, damn that's mask. That's our official Someone logo. Tells you to wear it, just official wear it. statement. <laughs> this podcast. Just wear the official damn statement. mask. <laughs> wear the damn mask. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. We talked about COVID. We talked about. <laughs> but we've yet to finish on Tenet, so Tenet. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, Back to just, Tenet. Like, this <laughs> the times gonna, I have yet yeah, to okay. make timestamps because I feel like there'd be one every five seconds. <laughs> oh man, I I feel bad for you for making timestamps. You're not gonna be able to this whole podcast. No, I, that, and that's why I've like been refusing to make them. Like I was like I should make them, and I'm like no. <laughs> some, maybe some nice person who wants to listen will make them for me. Yeah, they'll do I it for you in the comments. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be so much effort. But uh, um, so Tenet, getting back to Tenet, we're bringing the yes. background time inversion. I just don't, I yeah. don't see how he's gonna make it personal. Yeah. Like he's gonna make it really big and high concept and unbelievably mind blowing. But I think, like Inception, I think a lot of it's gonna go over people's heads because he is going to try too hard 
to make it super, super, super groundbreaking. And I think that could be a detriment and start actually making people not enjoy his movies from a um, analytical perspective, like a like a movie review perspective. Yeah. But I think audiences will always love the ginormous spectacle. Yeah, I yeah I totally agree. He's he's one of the rare directors that's like he he pleases the audience and the critics, which is very rare. Like mm-hmm. like to a point where it's like the highest rated movies of all time that he does like with users and like with people that go to the movies and like the actual critics but like yeah i think well it'd be interesting to see this movie because i think he's at the point where now he's he's like you said he's getting too he's getting too wound up in the spectacle of the whole thing yeah i don't know if i'm gonna come out of that movie and be like i really care about uh, like John David Washington's character, or I really care about what happened to Robert Pattinson. Like, like I'll probably finish that movie and just be like, oh, like if they die or whatever, I'll be like, okay, it's sad, but like whatever. Like it was a cool movie. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I think his intention is that we care, but I don't know if it always happens. I def- I definitely think you were right in that sort of thought process. I think he's going to take a bit of the Dark Knight with that, like continuous ratcheting up of tension where it like never stops you continuously are going yeah mix that with a bit of like the inception head spacey weird time manipulation stuff but then (laughs) what's going to kill it is it's going to be either super corny um interpersonal drama like in an interstellar or it's going to be nothing because it's just not possible in a movie this big i'm gonna love it though I yeah I know. I know like I <laughs> I I love like he's probably one of the only directors where I'm like okay I'm excited to see like I wait for his movies to come out like I'm excited to see what he's yeah. doing next and he's because he consistently comes out with a movie every like two or three years yeah he's pretty good at that he must have these things lined up he, just ready to go like just, like already working on them his mind man like his brain is probably constantly thinking of things like yeah he, I don't think he 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 probably never stops working. Oh, no. I, I don't think you can if you're that kind of person. Like, him and um, Robert Eggers, who did The Lighthouse, because um, Robert Eggers put out, like, The Witch, 2015, and then The Lighthouse, 2019, and then immediately started working on his new movie, The Northman. He's, like, another one where I'm like, you ever sleep? You just... No? No? No sleeping? All right. It's people... Yeah. He'd just be, like, obsessed. He's probably just... Yeah, He's it's, like, a borderline obsession for him. It must like, be. Like, these stories are in his head, and he's <clears> just got the, you know put him on paper and does he write his he writes his own movies um and directs them? chris nolan and his brother sometimes write together like oh, i mean uh, i mean the the guy who did the lighthouse does he write oh his? robert eggers yeah uh, he and his brother sometimes write stuff together all by themselves oh okay okay cool. i need a brother this sucks wait <laughs> that's how you... i have a brother but he's he's an engineer so he's, uh, he won't be much help <laughs> he can help build stuff can we build like the rotating set from inception can you help us build that? Like, oh. legit. I want, I want one of those. <laughs> I know. I want, I want to try that. Like, I'd be like, oh, man, that looks like a lot of fun. It looks like so much fun. But speaking of when you were saying about um audience ratings and then critic ratings, The Dark Knight is number three on IMDb's top 1,000 list. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah, there you go. Like, is that, uh, that's like, uh, like audience members? I think it's just all ratings from IMDb put together. And it's got an 84 on Metascore. The Godfather has 100% on Metascore? I know. I, I've noticed that. I'm like, 
That means literally everybody. It's just pure perfection. David. Yeah, which was, I mean, yeah, get on him, but... Do you know what's yeah, crazy? Cause... The Shawshank Redemption is always at the top, as like the top one, like the top IMDb movie. I noticed that. I don't know why. I Like, I love Shawshank, and I would put it up there myself if... Like, if someone was like, would you agree? I'd be like, yeah, I'll put it up there. But it's so weird that it is specifically Shawshank. Yeah, I, uh... When I... When I looked at that, I was surprised because, to me, Shawshank isn't... I mean, it's a great movie, but I wouldn't put it as, like, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's... Like, it's it's really enjoyable and everything, but, like, yeah, I... I I mean, I understand why it's... I don't know if I understand if it's number one, to be honest. I just don't... I don't don't know how it's got a broad appeal. It's a very not broad film, and it's also not... um, Well, I guess neither is The Godfather. It's not family-friendly. But it's got a very, like, niche um, group of people, I feel like. Same with, like, The Godfather. Like Like a cult following, almost? Yeah, it's like, yeah, the audience seems really niche. But I don't know. Dark Knight. I wouldn't put the Dark Knight as number three. I would put Inception personally. But What's Inception? That's at? eleven, by the way. Eleven. Okay. So. So Chris Nolan, I think, is the only person other than Francis Ford Coppola, because he's got Godfather Part One and Part Two, who's got two movies. Um, within the top, almost top ten. No one else is like that close. Oh. Right, because I mean. What is IMDb does what top two fifty is or two hundred? This one's a thousand, so they made a bigger list for one. Oh, a thousand. Okay, yeah, because I remember. I think all of Chris Nolan Nolan's movies are like they're all on that. At least a seven point eight or something. Yeah, I was gonna say all of his movies are on the top two fifty. His entire, is... other than the following in Insomnia, which don't really count, his entire filmography is on there. Which is, yeah, which is crazy. Like, can you imagine... Also, can you imagine the pressure that he has? Because it's like... He, no, I couldn't he hasn't even. really made a bad movie. So it's like, like people expect the best from him. And it's like, okay, well, like, he hasn't made a flop yet. Which scares so, me, because it makes me think maybe this will be it. Oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, whatever his flop will be, like... It will be big. Yeah. I can't imagine him making a bad movie, to be honest. Like, he's just... I mean, the only thing I could think of is, like, what we were talking about. Like, he gets consumed by his, like, his grand plan, right? And it just, like, kind of, like, loses people because it's like, well, I don't really care about any of these people. Yeah. And that, I think... That he will always happen. make a cool-looking movie, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, they won't be not entertaining yeah. and ridiculously inventive. Yeah. He might just lose what's important about filmmaking, which is human connections. Yeah, yeah, which is... I mean, he's got a long career ahead of him still. He's not, like, that old, so... Is he? How old is Chris I, Nolan? I don't know. I think he's Chris only... Nolan. like He's in his 40s, isn't he? He is 50 years old. Oh, he's 50. Oh, okay, there you go. I mean, he looks pretty good for 50, actually. Well, except for his hairline. <laughs> but he looks pretty good for 50. Yeah, his hairline, yeah. It's gotten significantly worse... Um, in the past, like, five years. I think he's under a lot of stress Has... with this new movie. Oh, yeah, can you imagine, like... Well, yeah, I mean, the added stress with the pandemic and everything. 
Yeah, Interstellar, Distinguished Gentleman, Dunkirk. You know, he's looking a little old. This movie, he's like almost pure white hair now. Like his hair is going pure white. Oh, is he? I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, if you look at <laughs> a picture from the, like, pictures, like, recently, he looks like he's, like, his hair's going pure white. These, unless he's, like, dying it awfully. He's just going pure white, like David Lynch. I guess he couldn't do a... He couldn't do a premiere for Tenet either. Oh, I didn't even think so, about that. like, no press. Yeah, no, no press or no anything, right? I wonder if they will do that. Yeah, uh, well, it comes out to... in three days. We'll find out. Yeah, I'm going. I got tickets booked. I'm gonna go see it on Wednesday. Oh, nice. Yep. I'm so excited to see it in IMAX. First IMAX movie. I'll tell you guys how it is on the podcast. I might do like a, like a extra bonus episode called me talk talking about IMAX movie. You could, yeah, you could do movie. Actually, well, I I used to. Because this totally is a big one. That. Actually, I'm thinking. Uh, I should. I'm gonna ask in the group chat. Who is seeing? Well, I'll ask in Discord out of everyone who's been on the show so far. Who's seeing Tenet? Yeah. And anyone who's seeing it, I should like get you guys together to do a big like group reactionary be... podcast. Let's do that. Let's. We should. Yeah. Let's put that together because this is the only like this is like you said this is the only like big movie coming out this year. Yeah. So well, unless that um. Like we should. Uh, unless that last night in Soho. Edgar Wright movie comes out and the Wes Anderson that's already done the French Dispatch as long as those two if they come out they'll be big too oh okay yeah but I guess this is the only summer movie then yeah you really there's yeah not, not even a Marvel movie we didn't even get a Marvel this year oh we were supposed to get one in May but yeah, no yeah, Black Widow let's do that let's no. do I'm gonna write that down right now let's do big reaction podcast to alright Tenant. All right. Because yeah, I mean, like, if if you're on this podcast, I feel like you should go see Tenant. It's the only movie coming out. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you probably like movies, so you're probably gonna go see it anyway. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should uh, get oh. that together and yeah, talk about that. That would be really cool. The Tenant um, episode. Yeah. The Tenant. Well, 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 what should we call it? Um, I don't know. Depends how we feel about the movie. <laughs> my mind was. Uh, blown, blown forwards and backwards, <laughs> <laughs> and every other way possible. <laughs> yeah, my mind yeah. has inverted. Tenet, a review. Oh, ooh, ooh yes, I don't like that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. It's happening. Scheduled. <laughs> it's happening. I'm gonna send out a message right after we stop recording this, and we're gonna do that. So stay tuned for that. And Thomas, where can we find you? You on the internet. Actually, cannot find me anywhere. Whoa! <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to. I swear, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get back Instagram. I only have Facebook, but that's for you know, messaging yeah. people. But um, yeah. Once um, maybe we'll we'll do this again one day, and I'll have a Instagram YouTube channel. I wanna. I wanna like. Okay. I wanna. Yeah. I wanna like document my my time at film school. You know, post some stuff and what i'm doing and everything so i will get back on that just not right now i mean okay. future future <laughs> episode when we do because i want i definitely want to do like have people come back on in like a couple months from now when we're all going into doing oh, stuff at film school yeah so in the future maybe there'll be links there will me. be eventually <laughs> if, you, if you get around to it yeah 
yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, let me let me just do my little my little link spot here. If you want to follow the podcast, make sure you follow right here at youtube.com forward slash. Where's it backslash? Good question. Backslash. Uh, slash. <laughs> whatever. Slash. Two thousand one with a period full stop at the end. If you want to follow my second channel, that is youtube.com slash Fraser Costin. I basically don't upload stuff there, but I will a little bit. If you want to follow us on. Uh, me on Instagram. You can follow me at Fraser Costin Photography. It's where I do my photography stuff, but also that's where you can DM me for questions about stuff to relating to like movie making and stuff. That's like my proper business thing because it's all set up businessy. And then if you want to message me on Facebook, that's also my pages at Fraser Costin Photography. That's where I do all my business stuff too. Um, next episode we have a kill who I will figure out how his name is pronounced. Um, it's probably a kill. I'm I'm hoping that's what it is. <laughs> Because then I'll be right. Yeah. Uh, he'll be on the next yeah, he'll, episode. He'll tell you. Yeah, he will. He'll be on the next <laughs> episode. I'm excited for that. And then hopefully I have a couple more lined up. There was a couple people in the group chat who were interested but never sent out a message. So I think I might send out another message after this podcast just saying like, hey, we've we've done like four episodes of this now. Um, I want even more people. So I'm going to send out cool. another message. So I'll get you and like Rhiannon and Ryan and Sam to back me up and be like, yeah, it's really sweet. It's not boring at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, this is the most fun I've had. Hey, there we go. Oh, that's good. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, this is cool. Yeah. Make, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure you share this all over your Facebook page, everyone. Hit that like button. <laughs> hit that bell. Become part of the notification squad. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do on oh, YouTube, that was that was really good. <laughs> Is that good? Oh man, that's it's good. Yeah, I'll do that at the end of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> they have no choice. Yeah, now. you have to do it. No, I'm sorry, guys. You're legally obligated. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and um, that's that's pretty much it. Go see Tenet. Come back for our Tenet review. Thank you, Thomas, for coming on. Any last words? Uh, I don't know. Um. If anybody's listening from the the SATE first years, I'm super stoked to get going on this and meet you all guys. I know we can't really make movies together, which sucks, but we will eventually get there. <laughs> but <laughs> one day, yeah. uh, go see Tenet so we can talk about it. Because yeah, super stoked. And yeah, thanks for having me, man. That's this has been fun. Hey, no worries. I'm glad you uh, glad you came on. Uh, final word from me: pineapple. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> that was a good yeah, that was awesome. <laughs>